Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. I want to invite you to take your Bibles this evening and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. We are nearing the end uh, of the book. We're nearing where uh, we are coming down. We've kind of taken this flight together uh, through the book of Ecclesiastes. And as we go through this, I want you to uh, just pay attention here. And we have looked at uh, all the lessons that Solomon has given. Uh, We've seen That's much better. Thank you, Brother John. Uh, We have seen Solomon in his search and on his journey for for this search of life. And in these last few chapters, we find that Solomon is giving some instructions. He's giving some lessons uh, in life. And chapter 11 is not going to be any different. It's 10 verses Uh, that we'll look at this evening. So I want to take the time to read all 10 verses, and then we'll make some comments and some application here, and we'll be uh, finished tonight. Let's begin in verse number 1, please. The Bible says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for they shall find it after many days. Give portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Now Solomon's being real deep here, by the way. So that ought to be easy to understand. See, sometimes, look, just real quickly. Sometimes we think, man, the Bible's so hard to understand, isn't it? But how many of you didn't understand that? If a tree falls towards the south... There shall it be. Somebody say amen. If it falls toward the north, that's where it's going to be. See, the Bible's easy to understand. You just got to read it a little bit. Uh, Then he says this, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is in the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, Even so, thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all. In the morning, sow thy seed. And in the evening, withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether, or thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, whether they shall, or they both shall be a like good. It says in verse 7, he kind of changes gears here a little bit. He says, truly, the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou 
that thou or that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. He says they're empty. So here in these ten verses, Solomon is giving some lessons. Some lessons about life. And therefore, I entitle this sermon this evening, very simply, Life Lessons from the, bed, from the Bread, the Dead, and the Young. The Bread, the Dead, and the Young. We can learn something here. I trust we will. Let's pray together and we'll jump right into this tonight. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for this dear testimony of a living, breathing picture of missions that we've received and heard tonight. It encourages my heart. And Father, I pray tonight as we have found ourselves once again in this wonderful book of Ecclesiastes, written by your servant Solomon, God, we, we see the lessons that he's been trying to teach and admonish us in. And Father, I'd ask tonight that you would help us to gain a greater understanding as to the truths of your word tonight. And Father, as we open the pages of your book, would you open the table of our heart to receive it well? to receive it with growth in mind. That we would receive it knowing that your word comes from you. And God will be certain again to give you the honor and glory that's due your holy name. Guide our thinking tonight. Help us in this. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The bread, the dead, and the young. What are the lessons that we need to learn uh, from this chapter of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Now in these first six verses, we find Solomon giving some life lessons for uh, not just giving, but giving and receiving. Giving and receiving uh, to others. When we see and come to this very first verse where the scripture says, Cast thy bread upon the waters for... Thou shalt find it after many days. It's a very strange verse when you think about it, because if you can picture, uh, if you will, throwing a piece of bread into or onto water, uh, what's it going to do? Are you going to find it many days after? Uh, no. Uh, you're not, actually. Uh, that bread is going to be consumed and soaked up from the water, and it's going to begin to disintegrate very quickly. Uh, as it would, and it wouldn't be there uh, many days after. And so we have to understand the, the context of what Solomon is talking about. And what he's talking about here within the context is when you're casting thy bread uh, upon the waters, for thou shalt find it many days after, or after many days, the Scripture says. He's talking about uh, the, the idea of sowing, and he gets into that a little bit later 
uh, in the passage here, but he's talking about when we're growing something, what it is that we do when we invest in something. When we make an investment in something, we are expecting a certain amount of growth. We're expecting something to return from it. And in this idea of casting thy bread upon the waters, he's saying whenever you are casting something, you are expecting some growth from it. When he says in verse number 2, Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. So when he says here, Cast thy bread, he's saying we are expecting something. But in this, he is teaching about the giving and receiving to others. Now he says this, as he says, give a portion of what you were expecting. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil. We've talked about this word evil uh, throughout this book of Ecclesiastes. This word evil means distress. This word evil uh, means you don't know what calamity is going to come upon you. And so when he's talking of this, he says, For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. We don't know. It's, it's one of those things when we go and we sow something, and it doesn't matter. I've known different farmers over the years. Uh, not a whole lot of farmers, but a few. And one of the things that they can never tell you, uh, and you know this if you've ever farmed anything or even planted a small garden at home, you do it by what? By faith. You can have an expectation. I mean, you know if you plant so many seeds of corn uh, that uh, you're going to have an expectation of what that corn's going to do. And if it all comes up, uh, you'll have a certain amount of crop. But it's only by faith that that's going to come. You know why? Because you have no idea what you're going to get. I, I think I've told this before, but uh, I remember one time we planted a garden, and we had corn uh, all the way through. I think we had four or five rows of corn, and we were expecting a good crop. And it never ceased to amaze me, and I still haven't figured it out. I mean, we prepared the soil. We, uh, you know, we, we did the, uh, the tilling of the soil, and then we put the rows in. Uh, then we sat and we put the seeds down all across the rows. Uh, we had the sprinkler set up where it would water. Uh, when it rained, it rained on the whole thing. And it, it, this is what confused me. Again, I, didn't, I grew up in the city. I'm a city boy through and through. I am not a gardener. I'm not a farmer. But one of the things that amazed me, that some of that corn grew to over seven feet tall. Six, seven feet tall. I mean, it's taller than I am. And I'd look at it, but then... There were parts of in the garden that some of that corn didn't grow above two feet. Some of it grew three feet. And the majority of it, it grew all the way through maturity. Some of that corn that we planted that grew two feet never produced one ear of corn. Now look, folks, you might be much smarter than I am, but I don't understand that. It's the same soil, it's the same sunshine, it's the same water, and had all the same opportunity, but you never know what you're going to get in life. And so he says here, and he is giving this, some lessons here for us to learn, and he says, give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. What he's saying here is, it's not just about you. 
If we could get that one truth in the Christian life, we would all be better for it, by the way. Life is not simply about ourselves. Life is not simply about us, about me, about you. And that's why he says here, Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. And this is what he says in verse number three. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. Now look, we've all seen it. We've seen it over the last couple of days. Or the last three or four days, we've had, we've had quite a bit of rain. And you know, you walk outside and you look up, and if the sun is shining, you have a pretty good idea it's not going to rain. But some of you, as you were driving into church this morning, uh, you, you saw and you looked up and you saw gray clouds full of rain. Full of water. Waiting to do what? To rain. Some of you beat the rain before you got here. Others of you got wet as you walked inside. Why? Because it's just very simple. If the clouds be full of rain, it's going to rain. Now, it may not rain where you're at. There are times when you look up and it's gray clouds, you say, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Because the clouds are full of rain. And then you look up and you watch it. There it goes. It never rains. But I guarantee you it rains somewhere. We know this, we watch and we see the clouds, they travel. Eventually that rain let loose somewhere. I remember when I was a little boy, one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. I was a little boy, I was probably maybe eight, nine years old, but I've never forgotten it. I was driving in a car uh, with my aunt. And we came up, we were at, uh, I remember where we were. We were on Pendleton Pike and Franklin Road in Lawrence, Indiana. And we were on one side of the stoplight and we're sitting there at the stoplight and all of the sudden, the bottom dropped out of the cloud. You say, you remember that? I do, and I'm going to tell you why I remember that. Because we were on this side of the stoplight, and it was not raining. But on the other side of the intersection, it was pouring. It was pouring. And I was simply amazed by that. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing I had ever seen in my life. I had never seen where rain started and where it ended. But I did that day. I think I've only seen it maybe once or twice again in my life. But I've never forgotten that. Over on this side, the sun was shining, not 30 feet on the other side of the intersection. It was pouring down rain. You could see it. We drove right into it amazed me. Solomon tells us, if clouds be full of rain, they're going to empty themselves. Again, these being very complex here. If a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall be. There it shall be. Does anybody need further explanation on that? Or did we get that right away? If it falls that way, it's going to be right there. If it falls that way, it's going to be right there. It's not going anywhere else unless you move it, but there it shall be. And he says in verse number 4, he starts talking about this again. He's talking about giving and receiving, but check this out. He says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. 
He says, when it's time to work, it's time to work. We can always find an excuse as, as to why not to do something. We can find that. If we don't want to do something, we can find an excuse for it. We're good at that too, aren't we? We can always find a reason. Well, you know, today's just not the best day. The wind's blowing from the south. It's 12 miles an hour. Mm, I don't know. But look, he's already given us this. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it many days after. Or after many days, give a portion to seven, also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. He says, if you are simply observing the wind to get a job done, you'll find a reason not to. Look, it may be blowing 12 miles an hour today. You say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. What if it's blowing 20 tomorrow? The job needs done. The job needs done. You know, my brother talked about missions a little bit ago. We could find all kinds of reasons to not do missions, couldn't we? We could. We could find all kinds of reasons why, I mean, for us, we could say, oh, man, you know, just don't have that money. Wait a second. We're not, just, we're not just giving to missions. Listen, sometimes I, I feel like, at least in my mind sometimes, and this is why it's good, Brother Cyrus is here and Miss Julie are here, because you can see result. I think sometimes we think, uh, you know, we think, we think of missions, we think of it no different than a light bill. It's just something we have to do. Missions is not about money. Somebody say amen. Missions is not about money. That's like, that's like the last part of it. As a matter of fact, the money part's probably the easiest part. No, 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 no. Missions is about people. It's about people that we are investing in, that people would get saved. Again, my brother says, man, we have a church. It was struggling. It was about to close its doors. And he said, wait a minute. If it weren't for this church, I wouldn't even be standing here today. can't do that. And here's Solomon saying, you'll find an excuse if you want to. Today, the wind's blowing. You're not going to sow. Tomorrow, it's going to rain. You're not going to sow in that either. And let me say this too. Missions is not just across the globe. Sometimes we think that. <laughs> missions is only in Central Africa. Is that right, Brother Cyrus? No, we will include China. It's only in Japan. It's not just on a foreign continent, folks. Last time I checked, how many continents are there? Don't get it wrong. He's thinking, seven? 
Yes. Seven continents. A whole lot of countries. Seven billion people plus. Seven billion people. That's missions. If missions isn't just across the country or across the globe, where is it? It's right here too. But you know what? Maybe the timing just isn't right. Maybe the timing isn't right. We say things like, well, I, I would talk to them, but, but, but Trevor, they won't listen to me. They won't listen to what I have to say. Wait a second. Wait a second. Last... It took somebody to lead you to the Lord. Amen? It took somebody to lead you to Christ. What if they had said about you, I don't listen. You ever think about that? You ever think about that person that led you to Christ? What if they had had an excuse because the wind was blowing? A direction they didn't feel right about it? Because it might rain? That's why Solomon says, give to seven, give to eight, because you don't know what evil might come. You don't know what type of distress might come. He says, there's something about giving and receiving. There's something about this. He says, if, if you observe the wind, you're not going to sow. If you regard the clouds, you're not going to reap. If you don't put the work into it, it's not going to come to you. And here's what he says in verse number five. He says, you know what? It's not for you to understand. He says, as thou knowest not what it is, the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Isn't that something? You ever think about that? How does a baby grow in the womb? I mean, look, we know all the technical stuff. We know how the egg is fertilized. I mean, we can break it down and all of that. But how does that baby grow? How do the bones form? How do the bones stretch? How does the flesh come upon? We don't have a clue. We don't know why it works. It just works. It just does. And he says it's not for us to understand the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones grow in the womb. He says, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Here's what we need to understand in this life lesson of giving and receiving to others. He says, in the morning, sow thy seed. And in the evening, withhold not thy hand. Thou knowest not whether thou, or whether shall prosper, either this or that, whether they both shall be alike good. He says, you don't know what's going to come from it. You don't know what type of yield it's going to bring. But if God's in the work, it'll work. Jesus said, when he was talking about the sowing and reaping, he said, 
Some yielded a hundredfold. Some 60, some 40, some 20. We don't know. We don't know what's going to come of it, but he says it doesn't stop us from giving. It doesn't stop us from investing. It doesn't stop us. He says there are things and natural cycles to life, and because you don't know what's going to come, you better simply give. Because life is not just about giving, it's about giving and receiving. And don't forget that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And to receive. That's the first six verses tonight. In verse 7, in verse 8, he says, Truly, the light is sweet. And a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. We need to have some life lessons for remembering a great life. Some life lessons for remembering a great life. He says, when you can see the light, it's a sweet thing. It's pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. Isn't that something? He says, but if a man live many years and rejoiceth in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness. They shall be many. Can, can I just put this in perspective for you just, just for a moment? Your body will be dead a whole lot longer than it'll be alive. Think about that. Now we know the scripture tells us we don't have the promise of tomorrow. Not one person in here can tell me how old you're going to live. I'd like to see a hundred myself. Whether I make it or not, that's not up to me. But I'd like to see a hundred in a good, healthy kind of way. But I may not. I may not see tomorrow. And that's what he's getting at here is that there's going to be more days of darkness for us than there is seeing the light. What he's talking about here is death. Death is real. It comes to every man. It comes to every man. This is what he's trying to get at. We can rejoice in a great life. We should rejoice in a great life. Amen? None of us are going to make it forever here. But there is a thing of eternity. Eternity. Do you have eternity's value in view? There's a song that talks about that. With eternity's values in view, dear Lord. With eternity's values in view, may I do each day's work for Jesus. 
with eternity's value in view. Solomon says, rejoice in this. But don't forget, it's going to come to an end here. He said, and all that cometh is vanity. It's empty. You're going to leave this planet with what you came into this planet with. It's nothing. It's empty. There is a thing of eternity. There's only two options in eternity for all of mankind. Life forever in heaven or death forever in hell. And the only way to get to heaven, Jesus said, was by Him, through Him. For He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Some life lessons here for giving and receiving. Some life lessons for remembering a great life. Let me close by saying there's some life lessons for getting ready for life. It's interesting here, as Solomon says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart, in the sight of thine eyes. Enjoy your youth. I don't know about you, but I, I had a tendency to enjoy my youth. I didn't always choose well, but I enjoyed it. And that's what Solomon's saying here. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart, in the sight of thine eyes, but know thou. He says, you can do all of this. He said, you can follow your heart. You can walk in the ways of your desire, but know thou. And for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. That puts a different perspective on things, doesn't it? Enjoy thy youth. Follow your heart. Do what you want to do. But understand that everything you do, God's going to judge. Uh-oh. That can be convicting some days, can't it? Oh, yeah. I did some things in my youth that I'm not real proud of. You're probably the same way, I would dare say. He says rejoice. Just understand and know. You're going to give an account for it. Choose wisely. He says, therefore, because of this, because of all of this, now we've talked about the life lessons for giving and receiving, the life lessons for remembering a great life, 
the life lessons for getting ready for life, which is really what youth is all about. He said, therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart. Remove sorrow from thy heart. Put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. He says once again, they're empty. They're empty. I've never really thought about why childhood and youth are empty. Solomon says it here. He says they're vanity. I would dare say I still probably don't fully grasp what he's getting at here, but childhood and youth is not what defines us. Amen? Brother Cyrus, how old, how old were you when you came to America? Twenty-five. And some told you you'd never do it. And you were a youth then, right? A young man. And yet, here he sits. Some of you have been held back because of your youth. You say, wait a second, I'm not a youth any longer. Okay, let me say it this way. Some of you have been held back in your life because of the choices of your youth. So I did this, I can't do this. You see, the life lessons here are for just getting ready for life. That's why he says, remove sorrow from thy heart. Put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. It is not what defines you. It helps prepare you, whether good, whether bad, but it does not define you and it does not determine you. How many times have we heard stories of those that had a horrible upbringing and yet today live a life of success? Multiple. Multiple. Some are defeated in that. They most certainly are. But it doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to determine your tomorrow. You have to be willing to put it aside. You have to be willing to remove the sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh, the distress, the turmoil, all of that from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. They're empty. Because it doesn't define you. Now here we are, most of us here tonight, full-grown adults. You know what we're doing? We're still making decisions. We're going to have to make some decisions on whether we're going to give a portion to seven and also to eight. Are we going to keep it all for ourselves? What are we going to do there? We have decisions to make as adults of whether we're going to sow seed in the morning. 
so that it can be reaped in the evening at some point. We don't know whether or not it's going to prosper or not, but it still has to be sown. I can tell you this, I can guarantee you this, if you don't sow it, you're going to reap nothing. Consider that in the gospel. Consider that in the gospel. I have no idea, I've never, I don't know how many of you have asked before, but there, there may be people in here that have never had the opportunity to lead someone to Christ. I'm not going to ask for a raising hands or anything like that. You, you may have not had that opportunity. But I would dare say that if that is the case, and those of you who have not, there's probably been few times that you've given the gospel. So I've never led anyone to Christ. Okay, well, how many times have you sown the gospel in someone's life? Now, the, 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 the salvation doesn't come because it's me. I will tell you, I, I know how to lead somebody to Christ. I can take somebody through the Bible and show them their, their need of Christ. I can show them what the Bible says. But I will tell you that not everyone that I've ever shared the gospel with has gotten saved. You know why? Because it's not about me. It's not about you. But I can tell you this, I've shared the gospel with others that they received it. It fell on good ground. The seed took form and grew. And it was there to pick. And God just simply used me as a tool in His garden. And some of you have had the same experience. Others have not. But I would dare say, those that sow more, you know what happens? There's usually more reaping. Just a cycle of life, just as simple as if a tree falls to the south, it's going to... I should say the south, south this way. It's going to fall to the south, and there it shall be. And if it falls to the north, there it shall be. If we don't take the gospel and invest it in people's lives... You're right, we're not going to see anybody saved. But when we do, and we invest it, whether it's in missions or whether it's in our own backyard, or if it's across the globe, or if it's in our own backyard, we'll see a harvest. Because how big of a harvest will it be? It's not up to us. I couldn't tell you that. Would never try. You know, I, I tell you this, I, I was amazed. We, we, we prayed for and we asked for to see uh, 50 kids come to Vacation Bible School. 50. At 53. And you know what? The gospel was spread all week long, wasn't it? We spread it. It was given. It was given. It was thrown out there. And nine out of 53 accepted it, received it, came to fruit because it was given. Now, we could have had excuses. They're too young to understand. And you know what? There were some, there were some that didn't understand. But we planted that seed. 
Isn't that something? Hey, we ought to rejoice in that. Isn't that something? Because we sowed. There it was. The gospel given, the gospel was received. Nine young people. I never would have said, hey, we'll have, I don't know what the percentage is on that. I'm not smart enough to do that. Somebody can tell me after. Those of you that are much smarter than I am. But if I, if I would have said, okay, if we have 50 kids, we'll see, we'll see 18.52% of them get saved. There's no way to know that. There's no way to know that. But I do know this. You sow the gospel enough, you're going to reap something. Because the Bible tells us, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. What are we sowing tonight? See, life lessons from the bread, the dead, and the young. I'd ask you to bow in prayer with me if you would, please.